20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. And Thursday, March 25th, 2021. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, as well, Mr. Rogers might say that actually. So I guess that would be the only one that would say that. But we are officially one week away from opening day in Major League Baseball, which I know is Jimmy's favorite sport. So I am more than happy to point that out for his sake. I am your host this evening. I'm Jacob Westendorf. And while the cat is away, the mice shall play, so to speak. Maggie Loney not joining us tonight. She is being a good friend and joining her friend for, uh, I believe it was some kind of wedding shopping or I don't remember the exacts, but she's doing something related to her friend's wedding and kudos to that, uh, to her for doing that. So we'll see her potentially next week. Uh, joined with me though, this week is Jimmy Christensen. He of, uh, well, Jimmy, you got a pretty cool new title now, so I'm going to let, I don't want to steal your thunder. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, tell us what you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm Jamal Williams media manager, I guess is the title, which he mis- made a mi- big mistake and now trusts me to set up, uh, interviews and, uh, stuff like that for him. So, you know, now instead of hassling people to do interviews with me, I'm just now letting people hassle me to do interviews with Jamal. It's a weird switch in my life. It's all come full circle. So congratulations <laughs> to you. Uh, congratulations to Jamal Williams, obviously a friend of both of ours for getting that new contract. I wish it was in Green Bay, but it is in Detroit. So Jamal Williams is going to be a Detroit Lion. Uh, somebody who's not going to be a Detroit Lion is Kevin King, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But somebody else who's not going to be a Detroit Lion is the big dog, Mercedes Lewis. He is back in Green Bay. Uh, it's a two-year deal worth a little bit over $8 million, about two and a half, uh, give or take, guaranteed. Two-year contract was a little surprising. Uh, he's yeah. never signed a contract in Green Bay longer than one year. So I imagine that's for cap purposes, but who knows? Uh, now maybe Green Bay doesn't have to go through this hassle next offseason of just they know Mercedes is going to be back and he can come back on his own terms if that is indeed what he wants to do. But, Jimmy, what are your thoughts just initially on bringing back the big dog? I love the move. Um, he's He hasn't been with the Packers for too long, but he's already kind of just a fan favorite. I feel like he's a player that just has the respect of pretty much any fan around the league. He's just been doing it for so long. Um, I really I really do like the move. I know we have some dynamic pass catchers with Robert Tunyon, and we have hopes of Jay Sternberger turning into that. And then whatever Josiah DeGuar will be doing at the tight end position. But with Bakhtiari being a question mark coming back at the beginning of the season, most likely not being ready for the first week. Um, and then also losing your best blocking running back with uh, Jamal Williams. I think it's nice to have a player like that. You can put on the left side and help out whoever's going to be over there. Or even let's say the right end ends up being, or the right tackle ends up being the weak spot. You just have, you can move him around. He's by far our best blocking tight end. So, bringing him in should help the run game and should uh, keep Aaron Rodgers Jersey a little bit cleaner and keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Matt LaFleur happy. There was jokes during the season that Matt LaFleur's favorite player was Mercedes Lewis. And allegedly we've never seen it, but allegedly the team got Matt LaFleur, a Mercedes Lewis Jersey for, for Christmas. So that's funny (laughs) for a lot of reasons. I don't know how upset you can really be at the, you know, you could quibble about, did they give a blocking tight end too much money? Whatever. Like, yeah, here's the thing is, Mercedes Lewis, they're not going to give him the vet's minimum. 
Like Mm -hmm. he's going to get that. We call it veteran respect money. I don't know if there's a proper term for it, but basically like Mercedes Lewis isn't going to play for the vet minimum. Mercedes Lewis is going to play and you're going to give him a couple extra million dollars because you are an extra. Well, in this case, maybe not a couple extra million, but a couple extra bucks because he's Mercedes Lewis, because he's respected in the locker room, because he's one of your locker room leaders. And the Packers care about their culture. Uh, I think if there's anything that you can say as far as any of the moves they've made this offseason, you know, a lot of us thought Preston Smith was going to be gone. I think a big part that weighed into bringing him back was the idea that he and Zadarius are best friends. Rashawn Gary, obviously a good friend in that team chemistry that is built up with those guys. I'm sure that had something to do with it. And essentially now the Packers are running it back. They have 21 returning starters basically from a season ago with Kevin King back in the fold, which like I said, we'll get to in just a minute. Preston Smith back. The only one who's not coming back that started last year was Christian Kirks or Christian Kirksey. No, Corey Lindsley, uh, Christian Kirksey played a significant amount of snaps, but not necessarily a starter by the end of the season. So Corey Lindsley, the only non-starter or the only starter that's not returning to the Packers in 2021. Uh, as far as Lewis goes, let's look at the tight end position as a whole. And the question that I have and the theme we're going to have here tonight for a little bit is, does that change your opinion at all on how the Packers may attack this position via the draft, if at all? Now, the Packers tight end position right now, Mercedes Lewis is back. Robert Tunyon was tendered. Jay Sternberger's in the fold. Josiah DeGuara was a third-round pick last season. And Dominique Daphne is in the fold as well. And they've got a guy or two on the practice squad as well. But for the sake of this discussion, we're just going to leave it to that group that I just mentioned. What is your thought, Jimmy, on potentially adding to this room for beyond for 2021 and beyond? Right now, I would say this is one of the positions where we really don't need to add too much. We have a lot of depth there with all the players that you mentioned and with uh, DeGuara, Daphne, and even we've seen some of Jay Sternberger do this. They can all move into the backfield too and do some things that become a little more versatile. Um, Unless there's some physical specimen that they just are in love with, which we know Matt LaFleur, maybe someone chased down a pick six in college this past season that no one knows about. But I I really think this is going to be a position that unless someone falls there, that is just a miracle. Um, I would say that this is one that we're we're not really going to hit on in the draft. I think we have too many holes in our, on our offensive line and in our secondary and the defense that we need to address. But I think this this group really has a lot of potential with DeGuara, Jay Sternberger coming through his third year, battled some injuries the first couple seasons. But that was kind of Robert Tunyon's big thing too. He he battled injuries his first couple seasons, and then he had his breakout year during season three. So um, that could be also in the fold for Sternberger. But I don't I don't really see us bringing anybody in. Yeah, I think I did the the tight ends for the Cheesehead TV draft guide, which I believe is on pre-sale as of right now. So be sure to check that out if you can uh, and get that purchased. But I basically said that there's four tight ends in this draft uh, that I think are worth spending a pick on. And that Kyle Pitts, duh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Brevin Jordan, and Tommy Tremble. And I think those are the four guys that if Green Bay can get one of them, then I think it's okay to bring one of them in. If they can't, then I'm okay kind of kicking that can down the road a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. there is some uncertainty beyond 2021 as to what that position looks like. If you think about this position the way I do, which is that Josiah DeGuara and Dominique Daphne actually play different positions. They are H-backs. They are fullbacks, if you want to use that term. They can play on the line of scrimmage as a tight end, but doing that exclusively is not the best way to set them up for success. You know, Then you have, obviously, Tunyon, 
and Sternberger and Mercedes Lewis that are going to line up on the line of scrimmage as inline tight ends and move tight ends and do stuff like that too. But beyond this, you know, the best case scenario for this position is Lewis maintains that fountain of youth is a great role player. Robert Tunyon replicates, you know, the product, maybe not the same amount of production, but is able to have that level of impact from that position. And Jay Sternberger takes a step into year three, Josiah DeGuara and Daphne, if they keep all of them all together, and they just become this big versatile chess piece movement that the Packers have at that position. The worst case scenario for the Packers Sternberger continues to battle injuries. Tunyon is a one-year wonder. Mercedes Lewis is old and washed up. Deguara, he's battled injuries, obviously. And, you know, Deguara only played in two games last season. That's something else that I think kind of gets lost to shovel. He played in the first game. He missed the next two and then uh, blew his knee out against Atlanta in week four and was done for the rest of the season. So, you know, there is some potential that 2021, this position could become a big need. Or if Tunyon is somebody who plays so well, that he prices himself out of Green Bay when he hits unrestricted free agency in 2022. That's certainly possible as well. So, yeah. like I mentioned, those four guys that I just talked about, if you can get one of them and the you know the value fits the where you're picking, then I'm all for it. I wouldn't take a tight end in the first round unless it's mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. Now, if Kyle Pitts is at pick number 29 where Green Bay is, run the card up to the podium. I don't give a damn. But <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. The other three yeah. guys, though, Brevin Jordan, Tommy Tremble, and I'm convinced Tommy Tremble is going to be a Green Bay Packer. If you guys haven't watched the tight end out of Notre Dame, please feel free to do so. But he is a son of a gun in the running game. Definitely has that hustle trait tendency thing that Jimmy was joking about earlier. And I think he has the ability in the passing game to do some things as well. But he just smells like a Green Bay Packer to me. But there are other guys too. And I know, you know, I know they like Brevin Jordan quite a bit. They met with him virtually. Uh, before when the combine would have been. Obviously, there was no combine. So I'm interested to see what Green Bay does to attack this position, if anything. In Matt LaFleur's offense, that tight end position matters yeah, quite a bit. And that's why I think you saw them put a, a premium on bringing back Mercedes Lewis, and they need to have different types of tight ends. You know, you've got your wide tight end, which is that blocking tight end, which Mercedes is going to be the majority of the time. And then you have your other guys like Tanya and Sternberger and these guys, they're going to be the glory boys, so to speak, catching passes, scoring touchdowns, doing stuff like that. And then obviously DeGuara and Daphne in their H back roles. Let's go to the other side of the ball. And that is Kevin King. Kevin King was signed to a one-year contract, which has been reportedly worth $6 million. Uh, remember the, the contracts when they are reported are essentially press releases from the agent. So mm-hmm. I don't know how, how much stock you can put into that, that it's going to be a $6 million deal. That remains to be seen. You know, my th- Jimmy, let's just, let's start on the small end. What were your thoughts when you heard the news first? I was surprised. I was definitely surprised because just going into the end of last season, I just really didn't think he was going to come back. I thought he was going to price himself out um, just because you always see his hashtags of a hundred million. Obviously no team was going to give that man a hundred million, but um just get it. I just thought he was going to be looking for too much going into his first contract after his rookie contract, thinking like he's going to try to get paid. But I think we saw with, there were some big names like Griffin signed with, uh, I think it was the dolphins or Jake. I don't know. Griffin signed a pretty Jaguars. big wires. Jaguars. Yeah. Over like 10 million a year. And we kind of saw some expensive cornerbacks, but then you saw it dip down to where Coleman signed for two and a half. Um, a couple other players signed pretty cheap deals. And I think that just lowered the market. And then I think I, I wouldn't be surprised. I really think his guaranteed money is going to be 
three million dollars, which at that point he is he has had some strong games with the Packers. It's easy to remember the NFC Championship game and just think like this guy's trash. But that was one bad game. It just happened to be in the biggest spot. I think we it could be a big value, and I I don't think this turns us away from taking a cornerback in the first round. Uh, it's going to be a competition for that number two spot. Yeah, we'll get to that here in just a second. My I was stunned. I uh, perhaps infamously now at this point have said that yeah. I would eat, I would <laughs> I would eat a cheese head if if the Packers resigned Kevin. It's just not something they've done. You yeah, know, the Packers. I did the I did some research on this the other day, going back to 2015, so about six years ago. The Packers have re-signed before yesterday four players after they hit the open market. Latroy Guyon, BJ Raji, James Starks, and Mercedes Lewis. Typically, if they want you to stay in the fold and you're already on their team, they get an extension done before the league year starts so you're not subjected to the open market. They make sure that stuff is taken care of. Oh, I should say Brian Bulaga is on that list as well. He's a bit of an asterisk because that deal got done like five minutes after the new league year started. They just didn't have it figured out as the new league year began, but still you get my point. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. I thought for sure they would be moving on. You know, the complaint that I see that I think is valid is I think the Packers are betting on youth and what they know, as opposed to what could be better players. AJ Bouye is still available older than Kevin King, obviously coming off some injuries. Our old friend, Richard Sherman is available coming off, uh, I think he played five games last season. He's he he had some injury issues last year, and that's not a trend that typically goes in the other direction. Casey Hayward, old friend, is on the market as well. You know, is King better than than those guys? I would say I don't think so, but I think you can make a case that the bet is better for him to get better next season than it is for those three guys I just mentioned that are all on the wrong side of 30. So that part is interesting to me. That being said, you know, I made the other comment yesterday. Do you guys remember in 2018 when they drafted Alexander and Josh Jackson and Devon House was starting over Alexander to start the season and then Alexander took over for him in like week two? Well, you could probably see something like that play out again this upcoming season if Green Bay is to find a corner or two. And I think they're going to draft three defensive backs, whether that's two safeties in a corner a corner, a nickel and a safety, two corners and a, you know, whatever combination you want to come up with. I definitely think that's the position. Gutekunst has triple dipped every year at one position since he became the general manager. I think that's definitely a place he'll be looking to do. And I still think the odds on favorites for a pick in the first round for the Packers is at that cornerback position. You know, yeah. Gutekunst said in his press availability last month that it's important that they address that position. Well, addressing that position doesn't just mean bringing back Kevin King. And I'm I'm not all convinced that that's going to be the only veteran corner that they bring in as well. I think that there's a possibility that they maybe work in some of the back end of that room or, you know, if they end up replacing, like if you think about it right now, the cornerback room is Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Jackson, and Kadar Holman. You could very easily bring in a veteran and move on from Jackson and Hallman if you draft a couple of guys and want to go that route. Yeah. I certainly think that's possible. Um, but you were mentioning, Jimmy, that you think that this is something that doesn't change any of their you know thoughts going into draft day. What are your thoughts on 
this corner position as a whole, have you found anybody you like? Um, I've been looking, honestly, I'm not much of a draft person. I, it's not really my forte. I never try to act like I am. I've been seeing a lot of stuff with Asante Samuel. I believe his name was that, that people have been loving on Twitter. Um, but besides that, I'm not going to lie. I hate to say I like, I just usually follow stuff that you say, because again, I don't like to follow you, but I usually just, I let people way smarter than me look into that stuff. Um, so are there any people that you like? I know I've been seeing a lot about Sante Samuel. There's some freak athlete I saw on Twitter today, but that's from, I'm not going to talk out of my, my arse right now. Yeah. JC Horn is, is awesome. I think that uh, he had a, a very good pro day today. You know, I know a lot of people are pointing out his raw athletic score as something that, you know, yeah. Brian, it's coincidental that Brian Gutekunst has to, you know, I, I don't think Brian Gutekunst knows what raw athletic score is. I think he likes athletes like he likes athletic players. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And he likes freak athletes. And that's not surprising either. JC Horn from South Carolina is awesome. You know, the interesting one to me is Caleb Farley out of Virginia tech, just because he's got some injury issues and there's some discussion. He may slide because of that. He's had a, he's got a back injury and this isn't the first time he's had some issues with that back. So that could be interesting. Greg Newsom, Elijah mm -hmm. Molden out of Washington, those Asante Samuel Jr. is another guy. And, you know, my thought on him is since you brought him up, I said this, I think it was Saturday night. I was perusing some film and I don't care where he plays. He can play on the boundary. He can play in the slot. Doesn't matter to me, none. So I think yeah. that's a good possibility as well. One player I forgot to mention earlier too. So I do want to correct myself. Shannon Sullivan is in the cornerback room as well. I did not mention yeah. him. So that's somebody that they can bring in. How much do you think them keeping Kevin King? This is kind of popping to my mind while you were talking is, them just trusting that Joe Barry taking over that um, defensive coordinate position could help the secondary play. I think that's part of it. I also think that the way that, you know, the Packers and Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur have operated is they've always had a veteran band-aid to be in front of a rookie. Yeah. And, you know, you can use Christian Kirksey and Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin for that matter this past year. They didn't end up drafting a receiver, but Devin Funches was a veteran signing to make it so they don't have to force anything. And that's why I think they're not done necessarily in free agency either. They may find other ways to create some money to sign a guy or two on the defensive line, maybe another veteran corner, maybe a nickel safety type, maybe a receiver, you know, whatever it is that they think that they, an offensive tackle, something they think they need to where they're not forced into picking one position over the other. So I think that part's interesting. You know, the other thing is take this for what it's worth, but I just talked about valuing culture. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander, all of them had something to say yesterday in a positive way yeah. about Kenny Clark too. And yes, about King returning. And for the people who say, well, what are they supposed to say? They don't have to say anything. <laughs> they weren't exactly. asked. Yeah. They yeah. did it on their own. So that part is fun to me. This is going to be the most talked about position for sure. Uh, Jimmy, like you mentioned, I think that Kevin King's not as bad as he was in the NFC championship game, which is there's no sugarcoating. And it's one of the worst games I've ever seen a defensive back play two huge touchdowns and a season ending penalty yeah. in one game. That's, I mean, that's huge. That's a massive negative impact, but he's not as bad as he was in that game. The question I have is, has he ever been a really good player? And, you know, yeah. the good news is with, with $6 million being the total of that contract, 
there's a good chance that Green Bay will have an opportunity to bench him in the middle of the season if rookie X is better immediately. They're not overly tied to him as if they had given him this mega contract like they could have. So that's surprising. Uh, One final thought, Jimmy. This team, they're bringing back 21 of 22 starters going into next season, and everyone's asking, you know, have they gotten better or have they gotten worse? Do you care about any of that stuff? Do you even pay attention to the have they gotten better thing? I don't even know what to call it, talking point? No, not at this point. Maybe during training camp when like, or even preseason if we get any preseason this season. But honestly, you really don't know if your team's gotten better until the regular season. You can see names on paper and moves on paper, but none of it matters until they're actually playing together. Um, I don't know. I just think right now that's just pretty much what people are going to do because we're bored waiting for the draft. The Packers are never a team except for a couple years ago that make big free agency splashes. So I think we just try to fill our time with nonsense until some real stuff happened. But before the draft, I'm not going to pay attention to, did our team get better? Yeah, because last year the, the comment was, how did Green Bay get better? And the answer to that question, and it's never accounted for by these fantasy football general managers, is organic growth within the organization. My question is, is Green Bay better if, let's say, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander... Kingsley Kiki, Jay Sternberger, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and A.J. Dillon, I'm stopping there, all get better going into next season? The answer to that question is undeniably yes. I think everybody has this idea of they didn't add anything, so everything they had last year is going to stay the exact same. Now, the nature of this game, obviously, is players get better and they get worse. You know, It's very possible that – not worse, I shouldn't say that, but they don't have as good of a season. It's very possible – Jair Alexander to replicate his season from last year is going to have to be all world. That's hard to do. Mm -hmm. That's just one example. So I don't buy that. I hate that talking point of how have they gotten better? It's March 24th. The draft (laughs) hasn't taken place. They brought back basically their entire team that was one possession away from playing in the Super Bowl. Now, do they have some holes? Sure. What team doesn't? But if they can get a player here or there, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this. I, I'm I'm more than enough excited for this. But if they can find a cornerback and Trevon Morig or someone of that ilk, the safety out of TCU to allow Savage to roam all over the place, I I am very excited for what this defense could be Absolutely. next season with with year three of Savage and Gary, year four of Alexander. Kenny Clark up in the folds, Zadarius Smith back. Preston Smith could be motivated. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to discuss, but that's for the draft. That's for next month. We'll get into that. But I just wanted to point out the fact that the discussion of have they gotten better is ridiculous for so many reasons, because you guys are having the same exact talking points you had a year ago and the Packers did the damn thing and we're inches away from going to the Super Bowl. So take that and stick it wherever. (laughs) So Jimmy, I'm not sure if we're back next week or not. I'm going to plan on it as if we are. But if not, where can our beautiful people find you in the meantime? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, Anything I do with Jamal or Game on Wisconsin or Packer Report um, will all be um, posted there. I have a podcast come out. Two podcasts come out on Thursday, Pack-A-Day, which is this one, and then um, Whiskaholics for Game on Wisconsin, um, both released on Thursday. So you can listen to my voice at nauseum if you want. 
Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. If you guys want to listen to Jimmy learn about baseball, it's yeah, that's that alone it. is worth the price of admission. And you can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. Soon enough, I will be eating a cheese head because the Packers have re-signed Kevin King. We're just <laughs> trying to figure out the logistics of how to do that. You can catch the gold zone every Wednesday night, myself and Jacob Morley, also of the Pack a Day podcast, talking uh, about draft prospects and where this team could potentially end up uh, on draft day here, and which is now, I believe five weeks, four weeks from, I think it's five weeks from today. So that's crazy to think about that. We're as close to the the draft as we are. So thankful for that. Thank you to you guys for listening as much as you have. Uh, thank you to Maggie. You can follow her on Twitter at Maggie J L O N E Y Loney. And uh, she writes two articles a week for Cheesehead TV and does packs with Cheesehead. I think I nailed that pretty good, Maggie. Yeah, that was so good. It sound like that was her recording. It's perfect. So we've got that down. Thank you guys for listening uh, to the pack a day podcast as always like, and uh, subscribe and give us a review and all that fun stuff. Uh, But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Mm